The American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. This is Dr. Jacob Yasha Schneider, editor of the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine, welcoming you to a special Blue Journal podcast. Today we'll be discussing this year's Nobel Prize winners in medicine and how those scientists' discoveries and work have revolutionized our community's understanding of the immune system. I'm pleased to have with me today Dr. Aaron Chehanover of the Technion Institute of Technology in Haifa, Israel, a Nobel laureate in chemistry in 2004. Dr. Chehanover, this year Nobel Prize were awarded to three scientists for the discovery and contribution to our understanding of innate immunity and adaptive immunity. Can you please tell us in perspective of years, first on innate immunity? As you know, Dr. Bruce Butler and Jules Hoffman were working in two different systems and discovered the first step of the sensing of how our body and cells respond to an attack. Can you elaborate on that, and why was that such an important discovery, and which field did not open after that? Yes, this year prize in medicine or physiology went to three um, scientists, uh, two that discovered innate immunity and one that discovered uh, adaptive immunity, and as a matter of fact, we can look at it as a continuum. In the past, there were Nobel Prizes awarded to discoveries in immunology, but it was mostly, for example, on the structure of the antibody itself and the different cells in the immune system, the T-cell and the B-cell. This year was more a prize for evolutionary immunology, actually on evolution itself. How the system acts along a timeline and what are the different components that are recruited into the system along the timeline. And obviously the first one is the innate immunity, the immediate response. Once we are invaded by viruses or bacteria, there is no time to synthesize, to generate antibodies, and the body, the organism, has to respond immediately. And for that, a whole system called the innate immunity was uh, discovered, and it was discovered initially by Jules Hoffman in the Drosophila. And it was an excellent breakthrough paper uh, in Cell that was published in 1996, where he discovered the homology a striking structural and functional similarity between the NF-kappa B activating systems in higher organisms to a similar system in Drosophila, and he found that this parallel, which were thought initially in the Drosophila to be related to the development, extend to the immune system, and in particular, the intracellular component of this dorsoventral signaling pathway are involved in protection of the fly of the Drosophila from fungal infection. And this was an immediate reaction, and he called it the toll receptor. Actually, initially, the toll gene was known before, and those receptors are pattern recognition receptors because they do not uh, lead uh, at the very beginning to the generation of antibodies. They recognize patterns, patterns of DNA, patterns of sugars on the surface of the trading pathogen, and they elicit an immediate response. But then it's time to go further and to evolve a specific uh, response, and the specific response is the adaptive immunity that uh, was developed later in parallel, as a matter of fact, without knowing 
the first discovery by uh, Ralph Steinman. To Ralph Steinman, let me just mention uh, the first discovery was in uh, the fly, but after a year later, in 97, Bruce Beutler discovered the same system also in mammals, but it should be mentioned that two other scientists were also involved in this discovery from Yale University, Roslan Majitov and the late Charles Genway, that had similar discoveries. Let me ask you regarding the innate immunity. Can you mention a couple of examples of how does it pertain to clinical medicine, and if you can also extrapolate that to sepsis or bacteria. For example, if uh, there is mutation in toll receptors, what is the impact of that, and how can that be utilized for the knowledge and potential therapy of patients? Well, uh, the impact is obviously extreme susceptibility to infections and from the beautiful picture of the dead Rosophila fly in the original paper of Jules that is attacked by uh, the fungi, one can imagine what can happen to higher organisms. And there is a huge impact of this discovery uh, on our research nowadays and the development of modalities, attempts to development modalities in order to overcome defects in uh, the toll receptor system. As a matter of fact, further studies down the road discover not a single toll receptor, but several toll receptors. Each of them is specific to a unique uh, feature, to a unique structural characteristic of the pathogen, that it be a sugar or a DNA. And there is a whole set of these receptors that lead downstream to activation, to generation of cytokines, and to activation of pro-inflammatory uh, mediators. If a person has a mutation or lacking a specific toll receptor, that certainly has an impact that they will not be able to deal or recognize that specific bacteria or fungi that is attacking through this pathway and be very susceptible and probably have ominous consequences. Certainly they will be immunocompromised and susceptible to specific infections. We know now that patients with sepsis and septic shock that die young have familiar predisposition. How is that discovery of innate immunity shed light into our understanding of why people die uh, very young sometimes? In many cases, in sepsis, the system is overwhelmed. And though they have a normal innate immunity system, the bacteria or the invaders are overwhelming the system and overcome its ability to act. But uh, on the other hand, one should find modalities to increase the activity, to stimulate the activity of innate system. And by finding such modality, people will be able also to overcome even overwhelming conditions like sepsis. Can you transition us now, let's say that there is an infection that is recognized, when does the adaptive immunity come into play, and specifically, what has been the dendritic cell's role into the understanding of that process? Actually, as I said, the two discoveries are in continuum, because the dendritic cell, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, is using the toll cell receptor for initial recognition of the invader and then helping to activate T-cells and to develop adaptive specific response to the unique pathogen. Now, the discovery of the dendritic cell by the late Ralph Steinman 
who died unfortunately three days before the announcement of the Nobel Prize and therefore he will not be able to enjoy this wonderful accolade bestowed upon him was you know what typically happened to people that are thinking out of the box you know in this century certainly at the second part of the century people are not expecting anymore to discover new cells certainly not via looking at them in the microscope but lo and behold Ralph Steinman, who worked at that time in the laboratory of the late Zambil Kohn in the Rockefeller Institute, looked at the microscope for splint cells, and he found a very rare one type of cell that looked like it has branches and it looked like a tree, and therefore he called it a dendritic cell derived from the Greek word of dendron, or tree. Gradually, along the work of decades, he insisted that the cell is a unique cell because People initially didn't believe him that this cell is indeed a unique cell, and he found its function that this cell is basically kind of a very sophisticated and very sensitive antigen-presenting cell. So the initial recognition of the antigen or the invader is via the tororeceptor, but then a specific response is evolving, and the cell is now presenting the antigen in a very specific way. One way is obviously or via the ubiquitin system by cutting the antigen into pieces and uh, presenting them on MHC class 1 molecules, but there are several other ways to present antigen. So this dendritic cell is the linkage, is the missing point actually between the innate immunity and the activated T cells, and the activated T cells are then getting a, a very specific and unique order, either to kill the, the pathogen, the presenting cell, or to generate antibodies. There is another missing link in the middle, but after the dendritic cell, and between the final response, but the dendritic cell, the young dendritic cell, before it's being differentiated to its terminal form, is the linkage, the true linkage, that binds innate immunity and adaptive immunity. And I think that the discovery of all uh, these researchers really generates the entire story or the flow of the story from the very beginning, from the minute the invader crosses the barrier of the membranes of the body to the minute that a very specific and unique response is evolved. Now, regarding clinical medicine, can you translate those to a specific case or even how the immune system can attack the subject itself? Yeah, obviously, again, an avalanche of papers and then companies evolved following these two major discoveries. So the innate immunity, as I mentioned, one way is just to boost the innate system. So it will recognize more of those invaders. We just need to overexpress those stall receptors that they will take and neutralize later on all the invaders. As for the adaptive immunity, I think that the tragic lesson we can learn from the disease uh, that killed at the end, uh, the late Ralph Simon, he used his own discovery in order to try and treat himself. And again, uh, he found several ways. One way, obviously, is to increase the number of dendritic cells for research purposes. But then the idea will be to give to the dendritic cell the patient's own antigen. So if you have a cancer, the idea is that the cancer is unique in one way both in its, the expression of its sugars, both in the expression of its cell surface antigen, the proteins, and it's in DNA, obviously. So the idea will be to feed to the patient's own dendritic cell antigens derived from the patient's own tissue. The invader, in this case, it's the cancer. It's not a pathogen, 
and then to boost the population of the dendritic cell that are recognizes those antigens and activate accordingly T cells and even B cells that will generate response against the invader, in, again, in our case, against the tumor. And indeed, many people try to help Ralph Steinman, companies, and friends in order to use his own dendritic cell first to multiply them by the methods that were developed by Ralph himself, because this is a very rare cell, and then to generate a response. So this is the idea to use it therapeutically, and if we are all talking about personalized medicine, I think that this is personalized medicine at its best. So I think that both types of immunity are subject now to heavy research, but we don't have, unfortunately, the final modalities yet at our hand, but certainly we have some kind of a roadmap that will lead us at the end to increase the activity of both of them. Both of them are linked to one another, and I assume that the final modalities will be combined modalities. So that leads me to the next and last question. The Nobel Prize was awarded for work that has been done 15 years ago, and as we are learning, it has really provided a lot of understanding and revolutionized the field. What is the state of the art here now in the field of enhancing or, or working with toll receptors or with innate immunity from dendritic cells to T cells to B cells and produce antibodies? Where is this field now going? We can see, as I said, the roadmap. And actually, the dendritic cell was discovered even in the early 70s, and it took even longer without knowing about innate immunity. And it took a much longer way to establish its role in uh, understanding uh, the underlying mechanisms that uh, lead to its action. But the road is uh, quite clear. Once you discover the dendritic cell, it took time to Ralph to discover methods to multiply, to, to populate it. So people are, are having now methods in order to take non-differentiated, quote-unquote, or non-determined dendritic cells and have them in large amount. That's overcoming the first methodological obstacle. Then, obviously, you have to adapt them. You have to feed them with the proper antigen in order that they will uh, present it to T cells and to B cells. And you have to put also the missing cells in the middle. And I think that all that now is under experimentation, partially successfully in mice at least, but unfortunately mice are not human beings, it does work, and on that were based the experiments that were carried out. Again, I don't want to predict, but at least we see the roadmap, and we shall have to try and see how it's working in human beings, obviously, and cancer is a great target. Less so infectious diseases initially, but more so cancer, because it's more kind of a slowly evolving disease, and we do have time to take dendritic cells from the patient, multiply them in the laboratory, adapt them, and then give them back to the patient, which is less true in infectious diseases. For infectious diseases, we shall have to expedite the process, which is still uh, far away. And for innate immunity, again, um, it will be more of boosting the non-specific reaction, the entire system, which also uh, has to do with the dendritic cell and the production of large amount of dendritic cells maybe naive dendritic cells, taking from the patient uh, the few dendritic cells that he has uh, normally and being able to boost their population and just injecting them back into the patient may be helpful. But for infectious disease, as you know very well from intensive care units, the response has to be very quick because the infection takes over and evolves extremely fast. And I think the difference in timeline 
poses a major difficulty in the development of future modalities. Any final words that you would like to share with us regarding this specific Nobel Prize award for this field? It's exciting, and it's always exciting, because I think that the Nobel Prize is always given to major groundbreaking discoveries. And reading at least the story of the late Ralph Steinman, but I assume that Bruce Beutler, Charlie Genway, Roslan Mezhditov, and others that were involved in the discovery of the innate immunity faced um, the same problem of non-recognition by the scientific community, specifically Ralph Steinman that started his observation, his major discovery from light microscopic observation, which is again not the case uh, these days for all these discoveries. And uh, so initially it's very difficult for them to carve their way up. There is no precedent, you know. Once you discover an anti-paradigmatic discovery, you cannot go to the library. Nobody discovered it before. So it's very interesting to read the first difficult days, the disbelief, and how at the end it uh, becomes the mainstream. But I think that this is true to many of these discoveries, and it's uh, very nice and very important also that the Nobel Committee recognized this achievement. The late Ralph Steinman was awarded also in 2007 the Lasker Award for Basic Medical Research, and now we all enjoy the discoveries of all these wonderful researchers. <laughs>